All right. Wow, that's like so loud. Yeah. All right, cool. How you guys doing tonight? Feeling good? Feeling good? Feeling grand? Well, let me tell you, God, God has a word for you tonight. Like, I truly believe that just tonight, God's going to do something. God's going to shift your thinking. He's going to shift the paradigm that you've had before. And the reason I know this is because I spent so much of today just like warfaring, just like battling, like all day. It's been like sincere, like, like I was feeling fine. Like the beginning of the day, I was feeling great. Like I got up, you know, got ready, went to, went to torch. We sat through and, uh, right now at Unity, they're having a, a leadership conference. And so a guy by the name of Chip Ingram, I believe was speaking and he was speaking and was listening to him speak. And, and it was good. His, his, what he was talking about was really refreshing. It was really good. And uh, I was feeling great. Went to Starbucks. was kind of meditating on the word for today. And I was, I was feeling grand. Like I was in Starbucks just like worshiping the Lord. Just like, yes, hallelujah. And then like as soon as we got to like, as soon as we got to Shelem, as soon as we got here to this building, as soon as I stepped through the door, all of a sudden I'm like, I was like, oh, I got hit with like this stomach pain. And so I spent like from like 2.30 to like probably to like 6 o'clock almost just going like back and forth, back and forth between like the bathroom and the office. And just like, you know, like that fear whenever you're having stomach problems, like that fear that hits you and everything because you don't want to leave anywhere because your stomach's messed up. Like I had that like the entire time. I'm not trying to gross you guys out or anything. Don't be, don't be grossed out. If it's too much information, I'm sorry. Come on, we're New Philly. It's like offensive is like what we do. <laughs> and like, no, but I'm serious. Like I was sitting there and like, I'm just like so like, I'm feeling so bad. I'm feeling so weak. I'm feeling so drained. And like, because my stomach, I'm having all these digestion issues. And then as I'm sitting there in the bathroom in this like small stall, the light cuts off. And so I'm sitting there in the dark, y'all. Like, I'm sitting there, like, I'm tired. Like, I have my phone. I'm, like, meditating on the word. Like, I'm, like, so tired. And all of a sudden, the light cuts off. I'm like, who cut off the light? Like, that's so ignorant. Who did that? I hope it wasn't one of you guys. I'm sorry. But it was soon, as soon as that happened, I felt like, I felt like crap. I was like, man, I'm just going to send Christian a text message. Tell him I can't preach tonight. I just feel so bad. I just need to go home. I just wanted to go home just go to sleep, like lay down somewhere. And uh, as soon as I had that thought, as soon as I had that thought, I heard the spirit of the Lord speak to me and say that Satan tries to kill in its infancy what he can't defeat in its adulthood. And and when he spoke that to me, I immediately thought, snap, that's exactly what's going on here. Like Satan is attacking me right now because he's trying to kill this word. He's trying to kill it out right now before I stand up and declare it to you right now before I declare it to you. You know, he was trying to have me all defeated, feel all down. Like, I don't really want to even be at Friday fire, but I got to preach today. But the Lord has a word for you tonight. So if you believe that the Lord has a word for you, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe this word as it's going out, Satan's not going to be able to touch it. It's really going to change things in your minds. It's going to change things in your hearts. So if you're with me, just open up your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 37, and we're going to read just from verses 1 to 11. 
All right, so Genesis chapter 37, verses 1 to 11. We all know this story. Um, so we're going to only read part of it because this story stretches out over a lot of chapters. So we're just going to start and we're just going to read the first 11 verses. So I'll, I'll read it and uh, you guys can, well, let's alternate verses. I'll read the first verse. You guys read the second. We'll alternate until we're finished. All right. Okay, so Genesis chapter 37. Jacob lived in the land of his father's sojournings in the land of Canaan. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons because he was the son of his old age and he made him a robe of many colors. Now, Joseph had a dream and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and eleven stars were bowing down to me. Indeed, come down to bow ourselves to the ground before you. And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind. Let me pray for us really quickly. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for... Um, just the word that you have for us tonight, God. And we thank you, Lord, that no weapon forged against us shall prosper, Father. No weapon forged against, Lord, the word or the message that you have for tonight, God, shall prosper, Lord. But tonight, God, you are seeking, Lord, to shift paradigms, Father God. Tonight, Lord God, you are seeking, Lord God, to set us free, Father God, free from old ways of thinking, Lord God, and into the new thing that you are doing at this church and in this season, Father God. Lord, I bind every work of Satan, Lord God. I bind every distracting spirit, every interfering spirit, Lord God. And I just speak out, Lord, clarity, Father. I speak clarity being released in your word, Father. I speak your word going out, Lord, like a sword, Father God, just cutting through, Lord God, all old ways of thinking, Lord, and releasing us into what you have for us, Father. So may your Holy Spirit just rest upon each and every person. May it rest upon me as I speak. And I thank you, Lord, in Jesus name. Amen. All right. So the title of this message is called Change Clothes. All right. So, yeah, you're welcome, Mr. Westfall. He always wants the title. And so the title of this message is called Change Clothes. And I'm going to explain what that means. But I want to tell you that tonight the Lord wants to change the way that you think. He wants to change the way that you think. That for many of us, we have been stuck in some old ways of thinking, but he wants us to change. He wants us to change the way we see things. And so we're going to look at we're going to look at the story of Joseph. And there's a couple things that I want us to see from the story of Joseph that's going to change the way that we think. And then when it changes the way that we think, what it's going to do is it's going to release us to have a kingdom impact. You guys know about Joseph, right? We all know the story of Joseph. 
He was sold into slavery. He then he went to prison. And then after prison, he was able to go and become eventually prime minister. Right. He was able then to save his people and save the people of Egypt. He had this huge kingdom impact. And I believe that God wants each one of us to have a kingdom impact. You believe that? You believe that? Say amen. God wants each one of us in this room to have a kingdom impact, not just the pastors, not just the core leaders, not just even the hundred leadership, each and every person in this room. He wants for you to have a kingdom impact. And so there's three things that we're going to look at that is going to define what generates a kingdom impact. And the first one is identity. In order for you to have a kingdom impact and to step into the fullness of what God has for you. You've got to know who you are, right? We've been talking so much about what it means to be a son. We've been talking so much about the sonship and the father's heart. And we've been really going deep into identity. Because you need to know your identity if you're going to go and have this kingdom impact. I'm going to read Genesis 1, Genesis 37, 1 to 4 again. Joseph being 17 years old, or sorry, verses 2 to 4. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pastoring the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that the father loved him more than all the other brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Joseph was someone who knew who he was. Joseph was someone who was loved by his father, right? He was loved by his father even more so than any of his other brothers. Joseph was someone who was continually bestowed love. His father, Jacob, his father, Israel, continued to pour love over Joseph. Joseph was the the son of his old age. He was the favored one. And so God was continually showing him all kinds of love. And each one of us, in the same kind of way, our father, he continually pours out love on us, right? It says in his word, how great is the love that the father has lavished upon us, that we should be called children of God and that we are. Amen. Amen. And so we ourselves, we need to know our identity. We need to know who we are in God. There's, there's so many other ways that we know that Joseph knew his identity. You know, the, you know, the other way he was a tattletale. It says in verse two. It says, Joseph brought a bad report of his brothers to his father. You know, when we when we look at the story of Joseph, what is that? I rebuke you, Satan. This mosquito. Get off me. He was like all up in my grill. Back up off me, mosquito. All right. So back to what I was saying. He was a tattletale, right? Like if you looked at it, it said Joseph brought a bad report of his brothers to to the father. You know, someone who's a tattletale, at least in this in this case with Joseph, he knew where to go to for love. He looked around, he saw his brothers and sometimes his brothers weren't doing the right thing. And what did he do? Where did he run? He ran straight to his father. He knew that it was his father. Satan, back up, back up now, back up. I ain't got no love for you, Satan. All right. All right. I hit him. I got him. I crushed him. Joseph knew exactly where he needed to go. Anytime he saw he saw anything happen with with his brothers, he brought a bad report to his father. He brought it straight to dad. He's like, hey, pops, you know, they they ain't watching this. They ain't watching the flock like they used to. Uh, Joseph, you know what I'm saying? Why? Why are you always bringing it to me? He knew exactly where he needed to go. 
We as children of God, where do we go when we have things that we see wrong in the world? Where should we go? To our father, right? Joseph was someone who knew his identity. He knew exactly who he was in God. And also another way we see it is that when Joseph received these dreams, we oftentimes look down upon Joseph, don't we? Like, Joseph's so brash. That's so stupid. Like, I've heard so many sermons about Joseph where when they talk about Joseph and it says Joseph dreamed a dream and then he goes and tells his brothers, right? And they say, man, Joseph's so prideful. Isn't Joseph prideful? He goes and he tells his brothers the dream that God gave him. He goes and tells everything, everyone the dreams that God has placed in his heart. Isn't that so prideful? But if you look at Joseph and you look at him in the context of the story, what did Joseph really do? Joseph had a pure heart. And he was just taking his story. He was taking his dream to everyone around him. So many of us in the church, we bury our dreams, don't we? We bury our dreams because we don't know who we are in God. When God gives us a dream, when God speaks to our heart, we say, no, no, that's not me. That's not me. That's not me. Or that's not for me. And we bury it. But Joseph wasn't like that at all. Joseph, like he just stepped out. All right, everyone, check it out. I got this vision. I got this dream. And uh, God's God's given it to me. It's mine. He didn't like I've heard so many sermons. I remember one sermon I heard. It was like, how dare Joseph tell his brothers the dream that he had? Who is Joseph to do that? But then when we read the text, it's Joseph. He told the dream. But did Joseph interpret it? Did Joseph tell his brothers? Look. I've, I've gotten this dream where I stand tall and you bow down to me. I've got this dream where I stand tall and everyone is bowing to me. No, he told them the dream. And then his, his brothers were like, what you trying to say, Joseph? You trying to say we're supposed to bow down to you? He tells his father, what you mean, Joseph? You trying to say me and your mom's got to bow down to you? But Joseph approached them instead with what? That kind of pure heart that comes from an identity that is formed in God. And for us to have a a kingdom impact, we have to know what? We have to know our identity. We have to know who we are in God for us to go out and fulfill our dreams. So many Christians, we have the vision, we have the beliefs, but we don't have the identity, right? So we've got this vision that God has given us. We've got this dream that God has given us. And we're running towards this vision. But God has given us But if we don't have that identity intact, what ends up happening? We end up getting into performance mentality, don't we? Like I need to strive. I need to earn this vision. I need to earn this dream. I need to make sure that this dream happens. But if you look at Joseph, even when he got sold into slavery, even when he was in, even when he was in the prison yard, Joseph was always just walking according to who he was. There was nothing about Joseph that changed. He didn't he didn't get sold into slavery and then spend all his time like sulking. Right. I was thinking about myself. Like if I got like if my brother, like my little brother, I have a brother. He's 19 and my little sister, she's 16. Oh, my gosh. I hope we don't listen to podcasts. But like if they just like all of a sudden, like I go back home and all of a sudden, like as soon as I walk through the door, my brother just like hits me across the head with like something and like sells me into slavery or something. I'd probably be sulking for a bit. I'd be like, man. Nobody loves me. Everyone's forgotten me. It's like as soon as as soon as we experience a negative circumstance when our identity is not in place, 
we end up going into that place of like the spirit of Eeyore. You know what I mean? You know Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh? Like, I loved Eeyore, but Eeyore was so depressing. Because every time you see Eeyore's, what's up everybody? Nobody loves me. Nobody likes me. And I realized like, when our circumstances and our things change and we don't have our identity intact, it doesn't matter what kind of vision God has given you. You will always retreat back to that place where you feel like nothing and you feel like no one loves you and you feel like you can't accomplish anything. But that wasn't Joseph. When Joseph was sold into slavery, what happened? Joseph, Joseph wasn't. No one loves me. My, my parents sold me into slavery. Oh, nobody loves me. No, he didn't do that, did he? It's okay. It's okay. You can laugh. It's all right. You know, like, Joseph had a different mentality. He knew who he was. He knew that he was loved. He knew that, that he wasn't forsaken. He knew he wasn't forgotten. And so no matter what happened, he could continue to press forward. So that's the first thing. The first thing is that you need identity. The second thing is that you need vision. If we are to have a kingdom impact, if we are to go out and do the things that God is calling us to do, we need to have a vision. See, it flows from your being into your doing. So many of us go from our doing, our vision into our identity. But God wants you to go from your identity into your vision. It flows naturally. If you read in verse five, it says, now Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. Haters in the house. He said to them, hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field and behold, my sheep stood and my sheep arose and stood upright. And behold, yours gathered around it and bowed down. Then he dreamed another dream. Behold, I I dreamed another dream. The sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down. It was confirmation. These two dreams God had given given it to him back to back. That Joseph, I'm calling you to rule. I'm calling you to have to to have a gift of administration. I'm calling you, Joseph, to stand tall, to give leadership. And then if you notice what happens in each and every place that Joseph goes, what happens? His brothers, they hate him, right? They look at Joseph. We hate you for that. So when Jacob sends Joseph to his brothers, they they hit him, right? They, They take him. They throw him into a pit. They take his robe off and they sell him into slavery. But what does Joseph do when he's in slavery? He rises up, doesn't he? Joseph becomes what? He becomes like he's, he's covered with favor in Potiphar's house. And he ends up being what? A govern. He ends up governing in Potiphar's house. And then what happens after that? Potiphar's wife comes at to him. And she's like trying to holler at Joseph. And Joseph leaves. Like he flees away from her. You know, he leaves his clothes behind, but he flees. But she ends up like putting this charge on him and Joseph ends up going to prison. Right. And Joseph goes to prison. Let me pray for us really quickly. I'm going to stop. I'm going to pray for us. Father God, I just bind every single work of Satan, Lord God, that has been targeted against your church right now, God, and targeted against the people of this room. Father, I just come against Lord God, just every work, Father, whether it's fatigue, Father God, whether it's distraction, Father God. I just bind every work of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. 
And Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would fill this place right now. I pray that you would fill your people, God. I pray that right now, Lord God, your people would be filled, Lord God, with fresh fire and fresh vision, Lord God, as your word goes out, Lord God. I pray, Father, you breathe upon this word right now, God. Lord, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a mind to conceive it right now, God. And every work of Satan that comes against it, we rebuke in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You guys with me? All right. You guys with me now? All right. All right. So let's get into this. All right. So God gave Joseph a dream. God gave Joseph a vision, right? God gave Joseph a vision and it was a vision to be someone who had administration, someone who stood tall and gave leadership. And if you look in the story of Joseph, no matter where Joseph went, whether it was whether it was there with Potiphar's in Potiphar's in Potiphar's house as a slave or whether it was in the prison, or whether it was even before the prime minister, Joseph always manifested the vision and dream that God had given him. Joseph always became a leader. No matter where God had placed Joseph, Joseph was always a leader. It wasn't that Joseph had to wait until he became prime minister that he began to manifest the dream and the vision that God had given him. It was as soon as Joseph stepped into every single place that Joseph stepped, He manifested the dream and vision that God had given him. And for many of us, when we receive a dream or a prophetic word from God, we believe that it is for five years from now. When we receive a word from the Lord, we think that 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 word from the Lord is for when I become this anointed person 10 years from now. That this word from the Lord is for when I get built up so much later on. But how many of you guys know that prophetic words, prophecy has two dimensions to it? When God speaks a word to you, it has two dimensions to it. It's both near and far. That when God gives you a dream and a vision, he expects for it not to manifest just five years down the road. He expects for it to manifest now. He expects for it to manifest in the place that you are at in that very moment. But so many of us believe that it's for later on. We receive a word that, oh, that. Someone's prophesied over me that I'm supposed to be an artist, that I have a gift to be an artist. I'm supposed to be an artist into the nations. But right now I'm working in this hogwash. Oh, right now I'm doing this nine to five job. Right now I'm doing the mundane things. Uh, I'll just wait for the day that God would really release me into my calling. I just wish that maybe one day, someday... Over the rainbow. You know what I mean? Like we have that. That's, that's the way we look at the words that the Lord gives us to it. And so we listen to it. And we listen to it over and over and over. And we're like, I'll be so happy when that day comes five years from now. And then five years comes. And I'll be so happy when I walk into that vision five years from now. And it's continual that we are looking so far away for a word to manifest. But when God gives you that word, it's in the same way that it did with Joseph. He wants it to manifest now. That if God has given you a gift to be an artist, he wants a certain dimension of that to manifest itself in the place that you stand. So many people looked at the story of Joseph and we say, Joseph's prideful. Oh, guess God. God put him through all these things to humble Joseph. He put, he put Joseph through all these things to humble him, to, to build in the character in him because Joseph didn't have any of that. But that's not, that wasn't the purpose at all. 
God was increasing Joseph. Joseph in the Hebrew, Joseph means he increases. So each and every place that Joseph would stand, each and every place that Joseph would go, he was increasing more and more into the calling that God had had for him. So every place that he went, he was just manifesting a different dimension of the call that God had. And so no matter where you're at, no matter if you feel like that you are a slave or you feel like you're in the prison or you may even feel like that right now God has put you before kings. He expects you to manifest that calling in different dimensions in each and every place because God is going to increase you. He wants to increase you. You you believe that God wants to increase you. He wants that to manifest now. It's not just for later. So that's the the second thing. It's the identity. First, you got to know who you are. You got to realize that you are loved. That we aren't orphans. That we aren't orphans striving to make this vision happen. But then the second thing you got to realize is that that vision is for now. The vision and dreams that God has placed upon New Philadelphia Church is not for ten, just 10 years down the road. It's for now. The calling that God has for you is for now. And so he wants you to begin stepping into that. And the third thing, the third thing that God is looking for is adaptability. The third thing that the Lord is looking for is adaptability. See, just because you have the identity and just because you have the vision, it's not just those aren't those. You need something else that will sustain you. You need something else that will that will help you to keep you going. And it's that adaptability. And here's what I mean. Check this out. Joseph had the identity and the vision. But what set Joseph apart was that every place Joseph went. Something about Joseph had to change each and every time. Something had to change about Joseph each and every time. And this is what I heard the Lord speaking to me as I was preparing this message. Something about Joseph had to change every time. And it was this. Joseph had to lose his clothes. Each and every place Joseph went, Joseph had to lose his clothes. Look at at verse 3 in chapter 27. When Joseph was with his father, his father had given him what? A robe, a garment of many colors. Right? And as soon as his brothers attacked him, as soon as his brothers thrown him away, what did they do with that robe? They took the robe. They took the robe, they soaked it in blood, And Joseph didn't have the robe anymore. They sold him into slavery. And Joseph was then left with slave clothes. And then Joseph, he served and he rose up in Potiphar's house, right? And then Potiphar's wife comes around and she comes. She's like, hey, what's up, Joseph? How you doing? He's like, get away from me, woman. Get away from me. What's up, Joseph? How's it going? Get away from me. Get away from me. And then ultimately she she gets close enough to Joseph. She grabs on to Joseph, you know, and Joseph's. Joseph gets up and he runs out and he runs out butt naked. He leaves all his clothes. And, and Joseph and Potiphar's wife is holding Joseph's clothes. And what does she say? She says, look, I have his garments. I have his clothes. Apparently, Joseph put other clothes on, but 
I have his clothes. And then Potiphar's, Potiphar, Potiphar sees this. He sees his garments. And he throws Joseph into prison. And then, so Joseph has to exchange those clothes, those clothes that he left. And he has to get the prison clothes now. And then, but we know the story, right? We know that Joseph was in the prison, but the Lord was with Joseph. And so Joseph began to manifest this vision and dream in the prison, right? He began to rise up and he interprets the dreams of the two men. In the story, it says that he interpreted the dreams of the two men. And what happens? The cupbearer, the cupbearer comes before him and he forgets about Joseph. But as soon as Pharaoh has this dream, Pharaoh has this dream, right? And the cupbearer remembers, oh, there was this guy who interpreted my dream. I want you to turn. After Pharaoh hears that, he calls for Joseph. And I want you to turn to to Genesis 41, verse 14. So Joseph had changed his clothes. He had changed his clothes from Potiphar's place to the prison yard. And then once he was supposed to go from the prison yard before Pharaoh, it says in verse 14, then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they quickly brought him out of the pit. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. He had to change his clothes to come before a king. And then after he comes before Pharaoh. And he, he interprets the dreams of Pharaoh. He continues on in verse 42 of the same chapter. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. Each and every level that Joseph went, Joseph, something about Joseph had to change. And that was that Joseph had to change his clothes. And what I sense the spirit of the Lord is saying is that when we are taken from level to level, where we are to manifest the different areas of the vision and calling that God has had for us, something about us needs to change. And the thing that needs to change is not like we get a new outfit every time it's a new season, right? Like, it's not like you just need to go to H&M and get, and get a new outfit. But uh, me and, me and uh, Pastor John, we went shopping actually a couple of weeks ago and and Pastor John, he's got some new threads. I'm just saying, it's a new season. Hallelujah. But anyways, I'm just saying. And uh, <laughs> I'm just messing with you, John. Uh, but it's not that we change. It's not that we change our outer garments. But when we go into a new season, when we go into a new area, when there's an increase that is on the way, the thing that needs to change is our paradigm. The things that need to change is our mindset. That's the clothes that so many of us wear. So many of us have went from being in the place of slavery to now where we can minister to people in bondage. But yet our mindsets are still slave mentality. We're still wearing the same slave clothes. You get what I'm trying to say? You get what I'm you feel what I'm saying, church? So many of us, we cry out for the Lord to give us a breakthrough, to give us that increase. But yet we're still wearing the same clothes. We still have the same mindset as before. The Lord has already increased us. The Lord has already taken us to a new level. But the only thing that's keeping us back is our mindsets. The only thing that's keeping us back is that we are still looking at the same ways that we used to minister. Or the same ways that we used to relate to God. Or the same ways that we used to do things. But God is saying that you need to change your paradigm. 
You need to change your clothes. You need to change your mindset so that you can really step in to the new season and the level that God has for you. Last night at the core meeting, we were talking about all these different things that are upon our church. A lot of big things that are on the way. And we were talking about the church plants. And we were talking about all these different things. And as we were talking about these things, I just, I couldn't breathe. Like I said, and I couldn't, and all of a sudden I just felt like this, I just felt anxious. And the reason I felt anxious is because my mind couldn't catch up with the things that God had already put on this church. My mind could not catch up to the things that God had placed upon us. Even the season that we are in right now is a season of increase. But so many times I find my mind going back to what has happened last year or what has happened in the spring instead of shifting to what God is doing now. Because, see, when you understand and when you're, you experience that paradigm shift, when your mind is renewed to what God is doing now, that's when you truly walk in it. That's when you walk above and beyond. It's like... The, the best analogy I could think of was like, if I went and bought a pair of skinny jeans tomorrow, <laughs> Megan's face is like, ooh. <laughs> no, because I was like on Facebook. I was on Facebook the other day and I saw, I saw like, so-and-so has bought skinny jeans. I was like, no, skinny jeans. It was a brother, I'm just saying. And, uh, and, uh, it was like, if I tomorrow I went and bought skinny jeans, but then I also started working out. <laughs> Are you guys laughing because I need to work out? Is that what you're laughing about? <laughs> it's like there's a there's an increase that comes, right? There's an increase that comes when you work out. Obviously, my legs are going to get bigger, but if I am wearing skinny jeans, it's going to kind of restrict the growth, don't you think? It's going to kind of restrict. It's going, it's going to get ugly. You know, I thought, I thought about, I thought about, I thought about the movie, The Nutty Professor, right? You know, when, you know, when Sherman Clump, when Sherman Clump becomes Buddy Love, when he takes the, he takes the elixir and he gets all, he gets all slim down, he's Buddy Love, right? And he's got the, the fitted down suit and he looks good and everything. But then it starts to wear off. And the increase starts coming to, to, to Buddy Love. And he starts running everywhere. And his clothes begin to rip. And his clothes, and then before you know it, like he's wearing like a t-shirt that's like up to here. His like pants are up to here and everything because, and it looks like, he looks very uncomfortable, right? You would be uncomfortable. So many of us are wearing the clothes and the mindsets of the old season. And when God has brought that increase, when he has taken us to a new level, Our old mindsets are holding us back. Our old paradigms are restricting us from shifting. I read this book on leadership by John Maxwell. And he talks about how when when you're at a place with a leader and the lead and that leader reaches what is called a lid. That is the place in which you can no longer increase with that leader unless that leader experiences a complete paradigm shift. Or you bring in a completely new leader, someone who has a higher capacity for leadership, someone who has a higher capacity for what they are purposed to do. 
And I believe that God is wanting to increase your capacity and not just increase your capacity, but your lid. What you believe for yourself, what you believe that you can do in this time and in this season. Even for myself, I found myself getting so sick and tired of praying for breakthrough. I found myself praying for breakthrough over and over and over. Like, Lord, bring this breakthrough, Lord, breakthrough in this area. Do this, do that, do this. And then as I, as I was praying that, I felt the Lord just say, Marcus, I've already brought the breakthrough. Your mind just needs to catch up to what I've already done. Your mind needs to be renewed to what I'm doing. You need to change your clothes. See, I believe that God has has already given our church and already taken us to a new level. I believe that he's already taken us to a new level. I think I felt like I felt this burden on my heart for our church because I felt like in so many ways that we have had we have had we're wearing the old clothes. We're wearing the old clothes of the old season. The old clothes of the old season of doing ministry. The old clothes of the old season as to how we are to walk as Christians. The old clothes of the old season. And we think that we, we expect everything to come into that, in that one way. But I believe that God has already brought such a great increase to our church. That there are new levels and new, and new levels that we are supposed to move in where we rock the streets, not just in the ways that we've seen on video, not the ways that we've seen other people do evangelism or not the, the same ways that we've seen other people minister in their workplace or not the same ways that we've seen other people minister to young people or to their families, not the same ways. He's got something completely new for our church. It's here. I was talking to my brother Jazz and he and I was like, I was like, man, we're contending, we're contending, we're contending, we're contending. And he was like, bro, um, you have every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. You you've already received it. No, 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 we haven't. No, we haven't. We're contending. He was like. Your mind just needs to shift. When your mind shifts, you will automatically walk in what God has already placed before you. You will walk in it automatically. The reason we don't go out on the streets and see and and reach out to everyone we see. God has placed a healing anointing upon this church. God has placed a prophetic anointing upon this church. God has placed a mantle upon this church to set free the captives, to release people from brokenness. But the reason we don't step out and we don't see it is because we don't believe it. Because our minds are still in the old season. Because we still think that we are this small English ministry at the top of a hill in Shelem. When God has purposed this church to reach nations. To rock nations. And he has purposed each and every one of you to do it. Not just me, not Pastor Christian, not just John Michael. We are here to equip you to do it. God has set this church apart. 
He has set this church apart. He has such a mighty calling for this church. And it is here. It is now. He wants us to walk in that manifestation of it here and now. But he wants us to change our mindsets and change our clothes so that we can do it fully. I want everyone to stand to your feet right now. I want everyone across this room right now. I want us to just go into a time of prayer. And I want us to begin to call out to God to bring a paradigm shift upon this church. New Philadelphia Church. I've met so many people that when they talk about why they've come to New Philly. Or why they talk about why they've been brought here. They say that it's just because it's a. It's a small church. Or they say because it's a, it's just a small church, or because I don't feel as I don't feel as much whatever at other places. And I feel even sometimes amongst the leaders that we have this view of the church that New Philly is just the other church, that we're the charismatic church that is just over on the side. But I feel I feel right now that that we are too. We are to intercede. We are to call out to God to bring a paradigm shift upon our church. That we are to call out to God to bring a paradigm shift upon each and every member of this church. That you are not coming to some small little reject church in the top of a hill. You are not coming to just some small little church that everyone else forgets about. You are not coming to just some small little church. You are coming to a place that God has set a star above. You are coming to a place in which God has put his spirit upon. You are coming to a place that has an apostolic vision and calling to set the nations on fire. But we need a paradigm shift to get off of the orphan mindset. To get off of this small little mindset, one of our core values is to dream big. It is time for us to think big. It is time for us to believe big. So I want us all right now to raise up your hands to the sky. And I want us to begin calling out to God. To say, God, change my paradigm. God, change my mindset. God, I've been thinking too small on this church. But God, I believe that you have more for us. I believe there is more to come. I believe that we are to minister to kings. I believe that we are to be prime ministers. Oh, hallelujah. Let's pray it.